Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Welcome to Warehouse Church today. Thank you, family and friends, Warehouse Church members, friends all over the place watching today. Thank you, Johnny and Kim, uh, for sharing with us how we could stay connected through the week, and I appreciate that so much, and a great job our worship team did this morning. If you have a Bible with you this morning, I'm going to invite you to turn to Acts chapter 1. The verses will go on the screen, but I know a lot of uh, our our friends like to have their Bible with them, uh, doing this as church, and I like that post that somebody put up last week, how to approach online church service. Get up, get a shower, get dressed, get your Bible, take notes, engage, uh, make some responses. If you're watching on Facebook Live with us this morning, if you're watching on YouTube today, uh, then make sure you shoot us an email at hello at warehousechurch.com. But what I want to talk to you today, so last message in my series called Spring Training, and these were all messages that had to help us understand some of the things that Jesus taught his disciples personally. He did these great messages, right? Uh, we think about the Sermon on the Mount and, and different sermons and talks that he did in front of the masses, but these were personal talks that Jesus had <clears throat> with his disciples, training them to do what we're going to talk about today uh, to conclude this series. And what I want to talk to you today seems kind of an odd title, but I called my message today the Peter Parker Principle. Peter Parker, some of you may know who I'm talking about already, was given superpowers because he was bit by some nuclear-powered spider in some experimental lab. And because he was bit by this spider, he had these superpowers. He could climb a building and he could do some different things, but after discovering his powers and finding a seamstress that could make him a spandex outfit or uniform or whatever you would call that. Uh, I have to say outfit or uniform because my daughter Katie, when we watch football sometimes, she'll see the team that the Eagles are playing and she'll say, oh, Dad, I like their outfits. No, they're not outfits, honey. They're uniforms. So Spider-Man's outfit was not really an outfit. It was a uniform. So anyway, he made his uniform. He figured out how to get spider webs shooting out of his palms with pushing buttons on his two middle fingers and these, these spider webs were unbelievable. They were so strong. They could not only carry him from building to building going through the city, but these spider webs were so strong they could stop a speeding car and chuck it. They could stop a speeding train. They could stop a car from falling off the bridge. Unbelievable power that Spider-Man had. And when, when Peter Parker talked to his Uncle Ben, when Uncle Ben started to understand who raised him, the power that Peter Parker had, uh, Uncle Ben made this statement to him, with great power comes great responsibility. Now, I'm telling you this for a couple reasons this morning. Number one, Spider-Man is my grandson, Tori's favorite superhero, but not the Spider-Man that you may be used to. He likes the Spider-Man that's in the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man Universe movie. It was a cartoon movie, and man, that had every kind of Spider-Man. It had Spider-Pig, it had hot-dressed Spider-Man woman, it had Spider-Man 
uh, robot, all different kinds of Spider-Mans that were in that movie, right, from all different kinds of universes. Now, you may like the, what you think is the original Spider-Man, right? That's the Tobey Maguire hanging upside down on the, on the spider web, kissing that girl in the rain. Wow, so romantic. Well, you may think, that's not, that's not the original Spider-Man. The original Spider-Man was back when we were young, when I was young, and you may recognize this song. I'm going to sing for you twice today, as a matter of fact. But this song for Spider-Man goes like this. Spider-Man, Spider-Man does, you can sing along with me, does whatever a spider can, spins a web any size, catches thieves just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Very, very, very good. I know my wife is cringing as I speak. But I'm, I wanted to share this with you today, this, this statement made by Uncle Ben from Peter. And it's interesting, if you type in your Google search or, or however you search for stuff on your computer, and you type in either the, one of these two phrases, with great power comes great responsibility. If you type that in, it'll take you to what's called the Peter Parker Principle. Or you could type in the Peter Parker Principle and you'll see that this statement is made in there. With great power comes great responsibility. The Word of God is filled with men and women who were given great power to do things for God which made them have great responsibility. Uh, you think about Moses and his staff and leading people out of the wilderness or into the wilderness for 40 years, crossing the Red Sea, healing, doing all kinds of different things. God gave him power to deliver his people into the promised land. And there was person after God gave Abraham the power to be able to father a child when he, was in, when he was a very, very old man. God gave different prophets the power to lead and to speak and to heal. God gave his disciples in the New Testament power to heal, power to preach, and power to do great things for him. And we want to talk about that power today out of the book of Acts. And I'm going to read for you this morning, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Listen to what God's inspired word says. And this is a continuation of the book of Luke. Uh, Luke is the author of this book, Dr. Luke. And he writes in Acts chapter 1, in my previous book or former book, Theophilus, that's the book of Luke, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke <clears throat> about the kingdom of God. On one occasion while he was eating uh, with them, he gave them this command, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for a gift that my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then he gathered around them and asked them, Lord, they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And frankly, this was the question they had all along. This is why they had a hard time understanding his death. Uh, maybe were taken back by his resurrection. Questioned him when he said over and over again, I'm going to die. Three days later, I'm going to be alive. I'm going to tear down this temple. In three days, I'm going to rebuild it. All those times, they just couldn't understand. So they came out right up and asked him, okay, Jesus died. He's resurrected, right? So I guess the natural question for them would have been, 
is, it, is now the time you're going to restore the kingdom of God, uh, the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has sent, has set by his own authority. But here's the big, this is the key verse of our message today. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be witnesses, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking up into the sky? This is a great little phrase here if you underline your Bible. This same Jesus, this same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back again the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Jesus had finished his ministry. This was 40 days after he resurrected from the dead. And this is what's referred to as the ascension of Jesus Christ. He spoke these words in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, the last recorded words of Jesus in the word of God while his feet were on the earth, before he took his place up into heaven, seated at the right hand of God, he said, you're gonna receive power, the Holy Ghost is gonna come upon you, and you're gonna be witnesses for me. Simultaneously, you're both in Jerusalem, Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Jesus said, you were going to receive power. Now let's go back to that Peter Parker principle statement for a second. With great power, comes great responsibility. Jesus gave them power because he also gave them a responsibility uh, of, of taking the gospel to the ends of the world. And I wanna talk to you about this power that Jesus gave to his disciples. Jesus gave his disciples powers to do the work that he called them to do. It reminds me of a song. Uh, when I was growing up in church, there was a song and on Sunday nights we would all raise our hands and do different songs and pick different songs out of the book and there's one song called There's Power in the Blood. Uh, would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood. There's, and then the chorus goes like this. There is power, power, wonder-working power. Now, we would get the church all amped up, right? And instead of saying power twice, the person leading the song would say, let's say power four times. And people get all juiced up, and they would sing the chorus and go, there is power, 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 wonder-working power. And then we would get everybody hyped like beyond belief and the song leader would say, okay, church, you ready? Let's get juiced up now. We're gonna do it eight times. There is power, 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 wonder working power. And then they would do it again. He would say, okay, let's try to do it 16 times. And they would say, like a machine gun, right? And it would get everybody all hyped up. We were singing about the power of God, the power of Jesus, that Jesus gave his disciples power to do some things on the earth. And I'm gonna give you a couple reasons why I did that. The first reason is this. Power is essential. We need power to power our homes. We need gas to power our cars. We need a source to give us power to do the things that we need to do day after day. Jesus promised them <clears throat> in John chapter 15 and 16, he would not leave them comfortless. He would not leave them alone. He would not leave them without power. They would need God's power to do the things that Jesus called them to do. And the, here's the thing about this power. God doesn't expect us to do things for him without giving us the resources and the ability and the gifts. Church, listen, 
and the power to do those things. I love Romans chapter 1 and verse number 16. Uh, the Bible, Paul is talking about the power of God in Romans chapter 1 and verse number 16. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. It took God's power for Jesus Christ to die and to raise again from the dead so that we can have a relationship with him. And God says here, Jesus says to his disciples here in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you the resources and the abilities to do what I've called you to do. Power is essential, but I want to, I want to tell you something. We need that power to do what God's called us to do. I don't think anybody would argue that. But you know what precedes power? Preparation. Preparation. I think it would be great. And I've seen, I've seen people that teach this. I don't believe this is true. But wouldn't it be great if, if at the moment of salvation there was just like some jolt that you received in your body where you felt it, you know? Or after you got baptized, you, you know, something supernatural took place in the way that you feel. But here's, here's the truth, church. God gave us this power. That power is available for us to do what God's called us to do. But here's the thing we have to understand about power. Power is something we have to prepare to receive from God. It's just like working out. Why do we work out? We work out to get stronger. We study and we read to get mentally stronger. But we pray and we fast to get spiritually stronger to tap into God's power to do what he's called us to do. This power that Jesus promised his disciples, he said, I'm giving you power, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. Listen, this followed three and a half years of training. This followed his death, followed his burial, followed his resurrection. All these things that Jesus had done to prepare them, now he gave them the power because of the indwelling of God's Holy Spirit to do that work that he's called them to do. But church, we can't do anything for God, without God, and without God's power. God's power is essential. Listen, we can do things that we're physically able to do. We can do what, what, what we can handle. But listen, God's not calling us to do what we're able to handle. God's calling us to do above what our na natural capabilities are, 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 give us the ability to do. And the only way we can do that is through the power of God. God's power is essential. Jesus gave them that power in Acts chapter one and verse number eight. But why did he give them that power, right? Let's go back to the Peter Parker principle. With great power comes great responsibility. He gave them that power, secondly, because of the expanding witness command. You're gonna receive power. Holy Ghost is gonna come upon you. Therefore, or the conclusion or the summary of that statement is this, you're going to be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, uh, and, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And there's an outline there of geography that helps us understand that Jesus wanted the gospel witness to go to the ends of the earth. We, and that, that's very true for us today here in Plano, Texas. God wants us to be a, a witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ here in Plano, Texas. But he also wants us to be working with church plants in the United States of America to expand that witness in the United States. And he also wants us to be supporting missionaries 
representing our church to countries that we can't get to on a daily basis so that the gospel goes to the end of the earth. And how does that happen? Listen, God gave us a command to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. We can't do the work that God's called us to do without God's power. If your relationship with Jesus Christ is a priority or a value to you, you understand that that this communication of the gospel is a command, and God's given you the power to do that, listen, on a daily basis. When we think of people getting saved, we think of, well, maybe they get saved during church, or maybe they get saved during a rally, or maybe they get saved at a crusade, or when mission, listen, every single person that's watching this today that is a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, has a responsibility with the gospel to take it to the ends of the earth. You have a responsibility with the gospel to share that with people in your life. You say, well, how can we do that right now? I'm stuck at home. I I was talking to my nephew uh, through Facebook this week, Cody Milas, and I said, when, at what point did your quarantine become house arrest? Uh, Cody has cystic fibrosis. He's very high risk, so he has been just totally locked down at his house up in Haverhill, Massachusetts, and he feels stuck, you know? I mean, six weeks is a long time not to even come out of your house. Some of you that are watching today have really, because of, you know, immunity challenges or age or for whatever reason, have been very, very stuck. I'm very fortunate. Uh, My office is about a mile and a half from the house. We don't have a lot of at, at the most, during the day, when we come in to do some things so that we could do ministry in our community, there's six or eight people in our building, and we're far apart from each other. We're following the guidelines. And you say, well, man, how can I be a witness for Jesus Christ during this time when I'm so sequestered or separated from so many people? Church, we can always find an excuse not to tell people about Jesus, You could be telling people about Jesus on social media. You could be telling your neighbors about Jesus by putting a yard sign for Warehouse Church online uh, in your yard. You could sit out front, and when people walk by 20, 30 feet away from you, just say, hey, good to see you today. Hope you're doing good. Positive, positive, positive. You're going to draw attention to your house, to you, so that you could be a glory deflector to Jesus Christ so that people can come to know him. If Jesus is part of your life, if Jesus is a priority in your life, then it's going to come out in your lifestyle, the way that you talk, the way that you walk, the way that you drive, the way that you post every single day on social media. Uh, there's, there's ways to go out there and do some things to be a witness for Jesus Christ. If you think about this this morning, what is a witness? A witness is somebody that's talking about something that they personally have seen or experienced. Love handing out tracts. We have some folks that hand out tracts all the time. Good for And I love that they do that. But I want to tell you something, church. When you tell people about Jesus Christ and you're being a witness from him, you're being a witness of your own personal experience that you've had with him. His grace, his love, and his forgiveness. You can witness. You can witness online, on the phone, texting, Facebook, Instagram, Whatever you're on, you can, be a, you can be a testimony and a positive witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Get a good mask. Take some things to your neighbors. Call some of your neighbors this week. Hey, how can I help you? I'm going to the store. Do you need anything? You know, 
uh, connect with them somehow so that you can connect them to the power of God that's inside of you. God gave us power to expand his witness. It was a command that he gave us. And this power that he's given us is the source that lives inside of us to do everything that we're supposed to do. We have to understand something. I don't know if you've ever been yard sailing <clears throat> during the yard sale time of year. That's a, that's a big thing that a lot of people are missing right now. Man, my wife and my girls love, 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 love yard sailing. They'll call us, hey, there's a big yard sale or a estate sale over here, blah, blah, blah. But one of the things you'll see uh, if you go to an estate sale or a yard sale, every single Saturday you will see one, if not a few of these, you'll see exercise equipment for sale. You'll see walking machines, rowers, you'll see the bike thing, elliptical, you'll see weight sets, benches, all these things for sale. And they're interesting because a lot of them are, we'll say, in new condition, in brand new condition, or even never used, right? And it's interesting, if you were to go and buy like a new Peloton bike and you got the thing all set up in your home and you got the iPad that goes inside of it where the trainers come on and they yell and scream at you to bike pedal as hard as you can for that 15, 20, or 30 minute thing. My brother just got, got one, he loves it. But you could buy that and put it in your home and that is something that can help you get in shape. That is something that can build your heart, build your power, build your lungs, build your strength. That's not gonna help you get strong until you get on that machine and start working it. And that's the thing about the power of God in our lives. It's the source, the Holy Spirit, if you're saved this morning, lives inside of you, helps you understand truth, convicts you of your sin, but it will also give you the power to do what God's called you to do. But you gotta tap into that power. You can't say, well, I'm saved now, saved, sanctified, delivered, member of God's holy team in heaven, all those different kind of things. My name's written in the book of life, and thank God it is this morning uh, if you know him as Savior. But if you're sitting at home saying, well, you know what, I'm just waiting for the Holy Spirit to do something inside of me. Why don't you go out and do something in his name, ask him to guide you, ask him to use you, ask him to open up doors, and tap into the power that already lives inside of you. The power is the source. But here's the last thought I want to share with you today. The power produces. The power produces. If you're working out the way that you should, guess what's going to happen? You're going to see that fat go down and you're going to see that muscle get built up. If you are eating the way that you, so, uh, that you should, if you are reading God's word the way that you should, if you're spending time with the Lord every single day, your spiritual muscles are gonna get stronger. You see, if you are exercising in God's power on a daily basis with your prayer, with your personal time alone with him, by confessing your sins, by, uh, by being obedient to the Lord's commands in every area in your life, there are some things that God's power will produce in your life personally. The first thing is this is deep conviction. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse number 5, it says, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with what? With power and the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. Church, if you're in the word of God, building up those spiritual muscles, listening to the voice of God, listening to the word of God in your lives, 
you're going to understand some things about who you're supposed to be, maybe who you're not supposed to be, maybe who you're supposed to be striving to be, and there's going to be some conviction inside of your heart. Let me help you understand what conviction is. Conviction is, is, when, is when, when, when you are obedient to God and he's speaking to you about maybe it's your giving, maybe it's you telling a friend or a family member about Jesus Christ, maybe it's about locking arms with a missionary that you can support uh, through the church, maybe it's about going on a missions trip, maybe it's about helping out with the nursery, maybe it's about helping out uh, in, in different ways in the church, if God is speaking to you about that because you've been obeying him and listening, he's gonna give you what? Deep conviction. And he wants you to respond to that conviction, but that conviction comes into your life because of what? God's power, God's Holy Spirit speaking to you and you obeying uh, his guidance, his, his soft voice inside of your ear. Power produces deep conviction. Power also produces courage and boldness. Listen to the testimony in Acts chapter four of, of the disciples. It says in verse number 31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. Wouldn't that be great? If after we had some prayer, Kim and I meet on Wednesday nights while we're in house arrest or quarantine and we have a time of prayer with everybody and we'll ask you again this week, send us your prayer request to Warehouse Church prayer page or send it to Warehouse Church, uh, Warehouse Church Facebook prayer page or Warehouse Church uh, page itself. Send us your prayer requests. We're going to pray with you. But would to God, wouldn't that be great if we had a Wednesday night prayer service right after this was over uh, in the house and we met and we were so intent about praying about lost souls and we were so intent about praying about God's leadership and direction in our life that the place was shaken the Bible says they were filled with the Holy Spirit and the word of God and spoke the word of God boldly. Boldly. Power produces deep conviction. It produces courage and boldness, but it also produces this, convincing wisdom. Convincing wisdom. I'm just gonna read portions from Acts chapter six, little phrases from Acts chapter six because of our time this morning. But it, Acts chapter 6 speaks about Stephen, who was the first recorded martyr in the New Testament. Verse number 5, the Bible says that Stephen was chosen and he was recognized as a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Verse number 8, now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders, miracles, and signs among the people. Verse number 10, but they could not stand against the wisdom of the Spirit gave him as he spoke. Listen, you know what power produces in your life? Convincing wisdom. Listen, people will know that you have a strong relationship with God as God's power is in you and through you. Let me ask you a question this morning. Who would you consider in your life as like a super duper strong, praying, believing, serving faithful Christian in your life that's been a witness and a testimony to you. I think about many people in our church family that have convincing wisdom because of the power of God in their lives. And most of the time when we talk about wisdom, we'll talk about some of our seniors, right? They have life experience, they've got the been there, done that, 
with the exclamation point. I know some teenagers in our church that have convincing wisdom because of the power of God in their lives. I know some young couples in our church that have convincing wisdom because of the power of God that's been produced in their lives. Power produces deep conviction, courage and boldness, convincing wisdom, and here's the last thing for you today. Converting effectiveness. God's power will produce results in your lives. And listen, church, those aren't results that we could sit there. Um, I remember when we used to play church softball. Man, I was a great athlete. Church softball, I was, I was the man. Maybe 15 years ago. <laughs> but I remember the umpire would have a little clicker, and he would count the balls and strikes. <laughs> going to concerts, different things, and they would be out there, out there with a clicker counting people. And I think sometimes we think about winning people to Jesus Christ. We think about, well, I've won one, two, three, four, five, six. You know, we get the clicker out there. But here's the thing. Converting effectiveness, sometimes there are people in our lives that are gonna get saved because of our deep conviction, courage, and boldness, and convincing wisdom that we don't even know. We don't even have an idea that we've been a witness and a testimony to them. Acts chapter 11, verse 24, it says, he was a good man, full of faith, and the, full of Holy Spirit and faith. And because of that, what's the result of that? He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And what's the result of that? A great number of people were brought to the Lord. Think about it today, church. Of all that we talked about with the disciples this, this last month or so, they sat at the feet of Jesus they listened, they learned. God gave them his power through his Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that they went out and turned their world upside down for Jesus Christ. We're in a time right now where the gospel, believe it or not, even though we're stuck in our homes and we're kind of ready to get back to some kind of normalcy in our lives, but we live in a time right now where the gospel of Jesus Christ is spreading faster and stronger, perhaps, than it ever has in the history of humanity. Everybody has a cell phone. High, high percentage of people. On there are more cell phones on the earth today than there are people. People have access. And people have access to the internet in, in staggering numbers. Third world countries. You could get online and you could get on the internet. And on the internet, there are churches like ours. Churches like Granted United Church. Churches like the Bridge Church. Churches like the Refuge. Churches like Hope Church. Churches like Cross Point. Churches like High Street. Churches all over the world today that are doing what we're doing today, broadcasting their church service. And people are hearing about Jesus Christ. You know what that is? That's not us because we're really good with cameras. That's not us because we think of creative ways to do this. That's God's power being demonstrated in people's lives and his word going out like it never has before. Here's the thing, church. He left his disciples with instructions. He left his disciples with resources. He left them, he left them with a plan, but he also gave them the power to accomplish that. And gets what he's done for you and I. He's given us instructions. 
He's given us resources. He's given us a plan, but he's also given us the most important thing, and that's God's power to turn our world upside down for him. We have a responsibility. We have a responsibility. The thing that I can't wait to get back to church and see everybody, get back to a normal church service, that is, because this isn't the church. The church has left the building, right? But I'm looking forward to where we're having services together again and we can see one another and give our hugs and handshakes and greetings and, you know, see everybody. And I'm, I just can't wait for that. I'm looking forward. I miss that terribly. I miss that part of my life like many of you do as well. But I know this. What I'm afraid of may happen two, three weeks in the back of us being in church services normally where we go back to doing life normally. Just kind of getting back to work and getting back into our routine. Let's use this time to really let God demonstrate his power through us. And then when we can go back out into the world again, the way that we're used to, let's ask God to demonstrate his power through us then as well. So that Warehouse Church can turn this world upside down for Jesus Christ. Where the building really is irrelevant because we don't have enough chairs to feed to seat people that, that aren't just coming in off the street on accident, that are coming to church because you've asked them to come. The same way that you've invited. We had five times, five times our normal Easter service Sunday attendance on Easter Sunday last week. Five times part of our online services that went all over the world. Wouldn't that be something that if our first church service is live back at 600 Data Drive in Plano, Texas, we're still going to be online. But wouldn't that be something that if live we had five times our normal service because we were allowing God's power to be demonstrated in our lives. I want to pray for you this morning. And if you want God's power in your life to do what he's called you to do, right now I want you to type on the comment bar, right, power. Just write the word power. Put a fist up there for, the, for, for symbolizing power, whatever you got to do to, to tap in to say, I'm, I'm listening this morning. Say, I want God's power. I want God's power. I want God's power. Let's just see a whole bunch of the word power coming in right after the other right now while we pray and ask for God's power to be demonstrated in our lives personally and demonstrated through the ministry of Warehouse Church. This morning, Father, we thank you for who you are in our lives. We thank you for the power of God unto salvation for everyone that believes. We thank you for the power of Jesus Christ by dying uh, and, and raising himself up from the grave. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that you've given us so that we can have the ability to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. God, would you, would you unleash your power in and through us? so that we could do incomprehensible things for you with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for those that are watching today. We pray if they've never experienced God's power in their life today, that they would reach out to us at hello at warehousechurch.com and we can explain to them and pray with them and they can receive Jesus Christ as their personal savior. 
by praying and, and confessing their sin and inviting God to come into their life and to save them today. We pray that God's power will be demonstrated through salvation today and through our submission to you to follow and, and, and to speak your word into people's lives to the ends of the earth. Hey, while you're listening this morning with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, watching wherever you are, if you've never prayed and invited Christ to come into your life, you could do that with me this morning. Just bow your heads and pray this very, very simple but powerful prayer to the Lord this morning. Just say this. Say, Dear Jesus, would you please forgive me of my sin and come into my life? I believe that you died so that I can be forgiven. And I believe that you're alive today so that I can be with you. Please come into my life and save me and help me to live for you. If you prayed that prayer, just say this with me and keep your heads kind of in a prayerful attitude. Just say in Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer with us today, Send us a high five or say, I prayed. Or shoot us an email at hello at warehousechurch.com today. Thank you, Father, for those that receive Christ. We pray for God's power in the lives of everyone watching today. We ask you this thing, Jesus' name. And everybody say it with me. You can even type it in the comment bar. Amen. Let's see it right now. Amen, 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 amen. I want to thank you for watching today. Looking forward to a lot of great stuff that Kim and Johnny were talking to you about earlier, the way that we want to connect to you this week on social media. If there's a special prayer need that you have, make sure you send that to the church. Again, hello at warehousechurch.com, or you can put it on one of our Facebook pages that you'll see at the end of, of, of my talk right now in our announcements. But I want to share this with you. I want to invite you to come back next week, and I'm starting a new series called My Life Verse. I'm going to be talking about it at 12 o'clock in, in, in just an hour on my live Facebook feed today uh, because I need your help. We're going to get our whole church involved with this series called My Life Verse, and I need you to watch me today at 12 o'clock. It'll be on my Facebook, and it'll be on the church Facebook. We call it Ed Talks at 12, but make sure you watch that today so that you can see how you can be involved personally through our series starting next week called My Life First. Can't wait to share that with you, and I'm looking forward to talking to you personally today at 12. Hope you all have a great week. Thanks for watching. There's going to be some information on the screen so you know how to get in touch with us this week. God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next Sunday morning at 10 o'clock.